Welcome to the ward. I'm Aaron Coffin, your candidate for Councillor of Ward 23, Canada South. My name is Chris. I'm one of Aaron's volunteers and friends. And we're talking to you about issues that affect you and us in Ward 23, Canada South during election 2022 here in Ottawa. Yeah, let's talk about uh, the parks and recreation facilities in Canada South and uh, what's great about them, but also what's been missing. Absolutely. So one of the really great pleasures and one of the big attractions about living in Canada South uh, is the fact that we are right, you know, in the Greenbelt. So for a lot of us, it's very easy to walk uh, into the NCC Greenbelt and enjoy ourselves. But also there are little pockets of forest throughout uh, Canada South you know, there's uh, Hazeldean Woods and there's um, DV Pines and things like that that we can actually go and enjoy. Uh, a number of um, little parks, uh, there's Young's Pond, things like that uh, we can enjoy. And then we also have some recreational uh, facilities. We have the Canada Wave Pool. Uh, we have the um, Walter Baker Park and the Canada Recreational Center. And we've got Eva James. Uh, in uh, Bridalwood. And then I'm also thinking there's also the pools in Katimavik uh, and in Glencairn. Uh, but these are a lot of items and places um, that have been created quite a while ago. Uh, a lot of the really great resources like the um, the pool and whatnot in Glencairn, that came when, when the, with the creation of Glencairn. And yes, there's been upgrades. Uh, the Jack Chiron Arena is also, I think, that was something like a centennial project. So that's just explained how old that is. And I remember as a teenager, uh, the Canada Wave Pool being open and it was a huge, exciting thrill. But I was a teenager and now I'm an old woman with kids. And so, you know, when these are the last things that were built, including the Eva James Center in the late 90s before amalgamation, we haven't had any really huge investments in our in our area um, since then. Um, sure, we've gotten, you know, every time we have a new development, we get a little park put in there and occasionally there's a splash pad uh, because we apparently can't do pools because if we do pools then we have to pay for labor to uh, be lifeguards and maintain. So that's expensive. So we do splash pads instead. Um, so there's nice little things like that. But I mean, we're a area that is fairly large with a number of communities. So again, we have Katimavik Hazel Dean, we have Glen Karen, we have Trail West, we have Bridlewood and Emerald Meadows. Um, and for all these different areas, we have uh, this summer, we had only four out of our five splash pads actually working and then two community pools. Um, and I'm not too sure how well they were resourced this summer. But anyway, we, that's all we have. And we go to a lot of other neighborhoods and other communities and even other, other towns and cities. And, um, you know, for a lot of our families, a splash pad takes over 20 minutes to walk to when it is over 30 degrees walking with small children or seniors, that's a long walk to be able to walk to a splash pad. Um, you may as well just find a neighbor with a uh, sprinkler system uh, than having to go all the way to your local park. Uh, I really like to in um, increase that. And then also look at what's going on. We have built out so much in Trail West and we've built out so much uh, in Emerald Meadows. 
uh, going further and further south. And yet the recreational services have really stopped at Eva James. We haven't really seen a lot more um, opportunities for spaces for that. Uh, we're building the required schools, but not necessarily the required uh, recreation. And then what I'm also hearing a lot from people is it's really hard to get recreation centers open to be able to use them for their communities. Um, case in point, Community groups that don't necessarily have their own community centers um, are using church halls and um, other spaces just because they're more affordable. They don't have to worry about renting the space, which technically is owned by them, the city, um, to keep the community. So we're using other spaces instead. Um, I've heard of seniors groups being uh, told that they can't congregate on uh, city um, property outside of a rec center because it, they're not insured, uh, because they're not you know renting the space and things like that. And it's just so they're they're trying to figure out how they can get together. So we need to really work on that. Um, I'm not saying that we have a terrible neighborhood. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that Ward 23, um, we need to stop being happy with just good enough. We pay some of the highest taxes in the country, um, in Ottawa, and we see a lot of great things building up over in Stittsville and in Canada North and, you know, in Barhaven and, all, and elsewhere. And uh, if we want to take our kids for great recreation, we're taking them out to Stittsville. We're taking them out to Canada North. We're not doing anything in our backyard, a lot of the cases. So I would like us to have some ambition and kind of like start thinking outside the box if not only just unlocking the box. Um, so things like that. Yeah, you mentioned the walk and how long it takes for some families to get to splash pads. We heard from one family in the north end of Katimovic Hazel Dean that it was 45 minutes to their closest splash pad with a three and a six-year-old, I think. So 45 minutes, holy jeez, that's ridiculous. Yeah, with, with hotter summers, uh, it seems like that's a real necessity to have water features available in parks, a splash pad or a water fountain. Oh, and that's the thing. I mean, there's some doors I knock on and they think, well, that's a nice to have, but not a necessity. But, you know, I've been in situations where I've seen my kids get too hot, other kids get too hot. I mean, I even see children of families, especially when I, I, I talked earlier about working at my food bank where, you know, they may not be able to afford an air conditioner and don't have air conditioning. And so being able to go to a splash pad and cool their children off rather than have their children get heat stroke is actually, you know, that's, that's not necessarily a nice thing to have. It could actually just be a way to survive. Um, but you know, that's really a hard way to look at it, but sometimes, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Um, and, uh, you know, there's ways we can do that. I mean, People to say, well, they're very expensive. Well, you don't need to make, uh, you know, we're not need to make another Calypso. We're just needing like a couple of uh, splash pad um, items and a good system uh, that manages it, it affordably and with good oversight to actually make sure we can have these resources. And I, I don't, we, we don't need to create the Cadillac. Um, we just need to have something for our community that gives us what we need that we can enjoy ourselves because otherwise we're looking in we're looking at a summer this past summer where we have some of these new parks that have been upgraded with money invested from three levels of government and yet nobody is in them because they are it's too hot they can't they're not even leaving their houses their kids are all in the basement watching youtube because it's too hot to go outside so 
great. We've invested in parks, but we just didn't go that extra little inch further to make sure those parks are usable, whether it's creating more shade, whether it's creating more opportunities for places for seniors to sit down and have like a little gazebo. Uh, it's planting more trees because we've just lost a whole bunch of trees so we can create some more shade. We just, we need to make our parks somewhere that's inviting that people want to come to and they can stay for a little while and, and enjoy each other's company. Let's talk about the parks being inviting because one thing we've noticed and we've heard from neighbors so much is the waste situation in the parks and how oftentimes the waste doesn't seem like it's getting picked up uh, and it's kind of gross. No, it really is. I've walked by it and I've wanted to, well, no, I've thrown up a little bit in my mouth. It smells terrible. Um, if you're lucky to get a garbage can, um, a lot of them disappeared after a while. Um, but some of these ones that have been around for like three or four decades that are in terrible shape, they don't have a lot of capacity. Um, they rarely get emptied and maybe there's a schedule. Um, but that schedule is based on a schedule, not on reality. So, you know, like maybe we need to think about the fact the park is full of lots of, you know, soccer families playing, you know, for two or three hours. And so therefore at the end of a Thursday night, uh, we can't wait till Monday morning for the park garbage to be empty. We need to make sure somebody comes out. I just talked to a guy yesterday. He uh, is really big into sports and he was saying to me that he's traveled all over Ottawa and all over the country and all over the world for various sports, including baseball and softball. And he was saying that, you know, we're doing the bargain basement, um, uh, baseball fields with like you um there's some gravel but then underneath it's actually concrete and so he's been scraping his knees a lot more and having a lot more injuries because we're really not investing very well in the in these these properties and people are getting hurt and so it's just a matter of really thinking about like what do we need what do we want how do we want people to use this 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 space and if they're not um if these spaces are enhanced, and I'm not saying let's bankrupt the city to make these spaces like the the rock star spaces that we could dream of, but more a matter of are these spaces somewhere that I want to come and spend part of my afternoon with my community and have my kids have fun or have a game and not have to think about how many stitches I'm going to need at the end of the game? That'd be great. Um, I just think we need to really think about not the bargain basement, but actually do some things that are going to make things good. And also think about the fact that these recreational facilities and these parks, these are not just nice to have. Like I said earlier, these are all things, things that help us have healthy lifestyles that help us enjoy our lives and be healthier. So I, I think this is something and, and sporty and, and active and whatnot. So I, I don't, these are not about uh, anything about, you know, let's spoil ourselves. This is like, let's give ourselves a great lifestyle so we can be healthy and happy and safe. Yeah. And we've heard from different communities that there are amenities missing in parks. So, uh, fields that could be used for different sports, uh, dog parks for off leash time for our furry friends and even culturally appropriate uh, fitness facilities. No, absolutely. I've heard from um, our Muslim uh, community uh, in Canada South, our brothers, our Muslim brothers and sisters, that you know they've asked for um, pools to have higher walls and not as much window space. So you know um, the women of their community uh, can feel more protected uh, and be more culturally sensitive to their needs. And for some reason, you know, these, these, 
these requests are considered, again, nice to have. So these families are going to private companies uh, to, you know, pay more money for a membership to make sure that their that their families can get the culturally appropriate resources and facilities that they need to be able to be healthy and happy. So I, I think that that's something that we need to stop thinking about these things as nice things to have, um, but not today as, you know, things that we need to do to allow our community to thrive. Also, yes, a dog park it isn't just about the dogs and the doggy people. I also have families who are terrified of dogs who would like the doggy parks to exist so the dogs have somewhere to go. Um, and it's just a matter of everybody being able to live comfortably in our communities and feel happy and healthy. So you know what? Like, We love the puppies. Some people don't love the puppies. But if we find them both spaces that they can, they can coexist in our, in our neighborhoods, let's make it happen. Thanks. And we've heard as well about... Uh, needs for other amenities like tennis courts, basketball courts, and uh, adult outdoor fitness facilities. How can the city support the community in getting uh, facilities like those? Uh, We have to listen. We have to hear what they're asking for. I know I've also heard a lot about pickleball. I don't understand it, but I hear it's great. Maybe I should take it up. Um, but you know, we have we have communities that are also like really wanting to have a cricket pitch. Um, they've promised me that if we get them a cricket pitch, they won't play for weeks on end. That's very helpful. But let's find a way um, to um, enable this because in a lot of cases, I think throughout the city, there's like three cricket pitches. They're really hard to book uh, for rugby. Yes, they can go on other spaces, but you know there is one really good rug- rugby place that's out in Barhaven way out in Barhaven. Um, you know, it's things like that. I think we need to really look at what is needed, what is preferred. And also at the same time, something that was maybe in or the thing, you know, a decade ago may, may need to change. Um, I know I've also talked to a couple of uh, families where um, basketball courts are definitely desired, especially for some communities. And, you know, if anything would happen with those communities, if there was a fight that broke out, all of a sudden the, the basketball court was no longer available, whether it was an inside basketball court or outside. Uh, in Trail West, they, tr- the basketball court is surrounded uh, by a hockey um, um, ice rink frame that I guess now is permanent all year structure. But I mean, in the middle of summer, you're not playing hockey. Maybe you are. I don't know. But it, it really affects the ability for folks who love basketball to be able to play basketball. Um, so I, I think we really need to be a bit more sensitive to what are the wants of the community and how to make that happen for them. And let's talk about family recreational programs the city offers or all ages recreational programs. We hear a lot of complaints about the registration system. The registration system is difficult. And I mean, I've heard from various people and I've even experienced it myself where it it can be hard. You have to stay up late. It's like back in the day when you wanted to buy tickets for a concert on Ticketmaster. It feels a little bit like that. Um, we may almost need to line up outside the uh, wave pool to be able to get get uh, uh, swimming lessons. But I mean, we have an online registration system. This year, it seems to have really like really struggled more than usual where I believe it was crashing. But it's not an easy thing. You have to keep on trying to log in, log in, log in, log in, and then hopefully get your um, swimming lessons. I think there's like spaces for um, approximately 11,000 spaces for the entire city. Um 
it sounds like a lot, but when you think about how many people are in our city and how many children there are, um, and then also, you know, when some of those cases is, are those lessons affordable for all families? And how can we help with that? I remember a time when I was um, young, I think I must have been about 10, uh, part of the school curriculum uh, was a partnership with the city where you actually went and did swimming lessons for your phys ed class and you learned how to swim. And it was also considered a safety um, um um, concern as well as um, a recreational and phys ed uh, type activity. So I wondering in some cases if we have to really look at changing the system, which I hear is the city's in the process of doing, that's great. I don't know what that exactly means. Have they bought it? Have they? Are they launching it? Like what's going on? And then in that case, are we going to be able to, uh, is it going to work? And is it going to do what we need it to do? And then at the same time, is it going to be affordable for families? And for the families that it's not affordable for, how do we make it better and easier for them and make it more accessible for them as well? Because I think in some cases, a lot of these um, more affordable options for families who are struggling a little more. Sometimes the hoops and the obstacles they need to get around to get to access this more these more affordable options is very complex and it isn't helping them when they're feeling very vulnerable already. So some of those things I'd like to work on as well. Let's talk about, uh, we spoke about the need for splash pads and other water features in public parks, but something else that is missing are things like water fountains and outdoor public washrooms in our facilities. Uh, in other wards, I've seen those exist. Strathcona Park in Sandy Hill has water fountains, has green bins, blue bins, and garbage cans with lids and a public washroom facility. Absolutely. How come those don't exist in Canada South? It's a good question. I think in a lot of cases, the reasoning has been, well, there's a rec center right beside, but I know I've heard from different individuals that they've taken their child to the park, say at Walter Baker Park, um, and they need to go to the bathroom and then they go to go to the rec center and it's locked because there's nobody there. So I think that's part of the problem. Um, and then when you have special events, you get like your porta potties. Everybody loves a porta potty. I was just recently in the East Coast and I'm going through like suburbs of Halifax and they've got pa public washrooms that are remarkably amazing. They are gender, ne gender neutral. They are accessible. They have everything going for them. And I'm thinking if Halifax can do it, why can't Ottawa? Um, we are the nation's capital. So we need to get some more of those kind of resources. The water fountains, again, going back to the splash pad and the fact that it is hot in the summer. Um, we need to do, be do better and have um, uh, water fountains, even if they are only those uh, ones that are temporary, ones that are hooked up to fire hydrants. I mean, we need something. I am aware that if we put fire, if we put uh, water fountains out in Ottawa, the w in the winter, we have to remember to turn them off or they explode like they have in LRT stations. But we need to do something where we have greater access to water and good potable water, not um, you're hot, so stick your feet in the sewage pond. And let's pivot to close off recreation to talk about our access to nature in Canada South and things like uh, bike trails and walking trails and for the winter cross-country skiing and snowshoeing and how they exist, but they're disconnected. Absolutely. So we do have the privilege of being right by the NCC. We also have uh, the Trans-Canada Trail, which is now called the Trail, going through Canada South as well. Um, and But what really, when you start using these trails, a lot of them are in bad shape. Some of them are, are like 
pitted with gravel. Some of them are like poorly patched, like it was an afterthought. Um, the Trans Canada Trail crosses over Eagleson, um, but there's no actual stoplight or anything or a pedestrian activated light for families to get across. And now I hear from everybody who is driving saying, well, just go to one of the intersections on either side. But that's a bit of a detour when you're trying to manage a bunch of little people on bicycles or strollers. That's a lot to ask, especially in the heat we've been having and whatnot. So I really think we need to think about uh, better um, recreational paths, making sure they're well taken care of, making sure there are garbage cans, making sure those garbage cans are cleaned up. I mean, I've been walking on some of the trails that are actually hydro um, trails and somebody is out there putting out a garbage bag, a garbage box for people with dogs so they can put their dog poop in it. And then that person, not a city employee, just a neighbor is coming to pick it up the right before garbage day and clearing it out. That's not their job much appreciated, but like we need to find a way to work with hydro, work with the NCC, work with the trail people, and also work with city services and make sure that these trails are cleared, um, that they're clean, they're well kept, um, the infrastructure is there, and they're also safe. And people can actually like, you know, get across roadways to be able to get to these. That also includes the sidewalks. The sidewalks will just stop and then start up somewhere else. And so where are you supposed to go? Sometimes it's quite confusing. And then we also have lots of kids, especially teenagers, who are riding their bicycles from Canada South over to, say, Centrum to go to the par- go to the movies. And they are biking. If they're not using the um, covered bridge, which is not really close to Centrum, it's not bad, but it's not too close, they're taking the Terry, the Terry Fox Bridge over the highway, which is windy, which has lots of cars going really fast. And these are like our young, our young adults and teenagers taking their bicycles because they can't rely on the bus. But this is not a safe place. It's not an active transit corridor to get across that. So we need to think about some of these things. It is not a war on cars. It is just an encouragement that if people can do other things and find other ways and be active and get places, we should be helping them do that safely. Thank you for joining us. I'm Aaron Coffin. If you're looking for any more information, just go to aaroncoffin.ca and you'll find my platform there and an opportunity to leave me a message.